Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Thanks for listening to the show. To support the podcast and letter, get lots of member-only features and follow Mike and Karina behind the scenes, go to aletterfromireland.com forward slash plus. That's aletterfromireland.com forward slash plus. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, this is Mike Collins here and you're very welcome to this week's Letter from Ireland show. I think we have a very, very interesting show in store for you today because we're going to go back to Ireland at the time of the chieftains. And Karina is going to join us in a little while and she's going to run through two different letters with us today. The first one actually will look at the running of the household, uh, the household being an Irish castle back at the time of the chieftains. And she'll go through the various families that typically had different functions within a very, very specific castle up in County Galway. So who knows, you might actually find one or two of your own Irish surnames mentioned there. In the second letter, she's going to spread it over a little bit wider and look at the abbey lands that surrounded much of the chieftain territories back in their day and how very, very specific families were associated with the running of these particular abbey lands. And again, you might actually hear one or two of your Irish surnames. We've also lots of music as we go through the next half hour or so. And very appropriately, we're going to feature the music of a man that's considered to be Ireland's national composer. He was a blind harpist who lived from 1670 to 1738, and his name was Turlock O'Carolan. And it's uh, absolutely gorgeous music that's been reinterpreted down through the decades and centuries by lots and lots of eminent bands like the Chieftains, Day Don and so on. So we're going to play some of his music today and indeed some of the music that's been interpreted from his original works. And why not start off there very appropriately with the Chieftains and here we have Carolyn's Welcome. Thank you. 
are going to talk and have a look at what it takes to run a household. Does that sound exciting? Maybe not. But it is because we're not talking about any old household. We're talking more about running a castle and a large family estate of lands around it. Mike and I went to County Galway and visited Ahanur Castle in Uterard. Maybe you've been there. It was our first time going inside the castle. Ahanur Castle, spelt A-U-G-H-N-A-N-U-R-E, was the main castle of the O'Flaherty clan, the kings and lords of West Connacht. And Ahanur was one of just five castles that they kept in the area. The O'Flaherty's were lords of the E. Bruin Sela sept, originally from around present-day Galway City. But they were driven further west in the 1200s, where they held sway for over 400 years. But back to what it was like to manage a castle and the large lands that surrounded it. What caught our eye when we visited Ahanur Castle was a fabulous illustrated poster that they had there of all the people it took to support a royal Gaelic household of the time. It gave us an insight into Gaelic society of medieval times and when we dug a little deeper we noticed that many of the roles in running the royal household were held by particular families. Listen up as maybe you'll hear your own surname later on. So what was life like in the Gaelic castle? John Dunton observed at the time and this is what he wrote. The hall is crowned with poets and musicians, ladies embroidered rare tissues, fighting men abound, mantles are made and swords sharpened, wounded men are attended to by doctors, criminals are being punished, part of the day is spent listening to romances. The information poster at Ahanur went through the retinue that the O'Flaherty's had in their circle. They would have included a genealogist, physician, a travelling bard and harpist, a judge, a steward, a blacksmith, gallo-glass soldiers, a revenue collector, a cup-bearer and a beekeeper. But We found very little information on these occupations, so we decided to dig a little deeper. And here's what we came up with for seven of the jobs associated with the Gaelic castle and lord. First up was a nullive, spelt O-L-L-A-M-H. Now, the word olive is used today to mean professor, but in medieval times it meant a scholar or a master and often the master of a particular discipline. When the word olive was used by itself, it typically meant a scholar, a historian, a poet, a genealogist. The olive for history and poetry for the O'Flaherty clan fell to the Kilkelly family. And as the olive to the O'Flaherty's, their job included the recording of genealogies, writing up of events and writing of poems. While every chief had his own olive, The head olive of a province such as Connacht would have been head of all of the olives in that province and he would have been a social equal of the provincial king. Other typical families for the olives were the O'Dolligs, that's the Irish for daily, Cassidy's, 
Ward, Forbes, Higgins, Keenan, Mulconroy and Cleary. These were all typical olive family names of the time. Next in the Lord's retinue was the physician. The practice of medicine was reserved for a select number of families. Father typically passed his medical knowledge to son and sometimes to a daughter or kingsman. That ensured that specific family groups retained the knowledge as hereditary physicians. The physician family to the O'Flaherty's were the Canavans. Other physician families included Cassidy, Shields, Callanan, Beglin, Hickey and Lee. Next, number three, the judge. Early Irish law was known as Brehan Law. It was a complex system of law that delivered judgments based on the strict hierarchy that existed in the Gaelic society of the time. Each Gaelic chieftain had their own judge or Brehan to interpret the laws against individual local cases. The O'Mullawill family, also known as the Lavelle family, was the Brehan or judge to the O'Flaherty's. There were many Brehan families in Ireland who ran the law schools and maintained an expertise within their own family. Names such as Breslin, Daverin, Donnellan, Coffey, Keenan and Egan. These were all judges in Gaelic times. Next up, the steward. The steward was responsible for the day-to-day running of the castle, preparing of banquets, sourcing provisions and directing the servants. The Morolli family, M-O-R-R-O-L-L-Y, provided the head stewards for the O'Flaherty's. And number five, soldiers. A Gaelic chieftain typically had to maintain a standing army, however small, of a number of horsemen and soldiers. He often brought in galloglass or mercenaries for particular battles. I'm not sure who the marshals and commanders of the horse were for the O'Flaherty clan, but Mike Collins, your podcast host no less, Mike's mother's family, the Mannions, were responsible for marshalling the forces and leading them into battle for the O'Kellys in nearby East Galway. And as Mike says, that explains why he always did what he was told in his house. So next up is the Arena family, spelt E-R-E-N-A-G-H. The Arena was effectively the rent and tithe collector, something close to maybe a modern day accountant for church and parish lands. So the Arena family within one of the O'Flaherty's territories were the O'Lahercaragas. Other Arena families from around the country were the Cronins. That's my own family. We were the Arenas for the McCarthy's. The McInerney's were the Arenas for the McNamara's. In fact, McInerney literally means son of the Arena. There were the Lennons, the Farrellys, the O'Hurleys, Canoles, O'Doherty's, Sheridans, Harahans and Scullions. These were all Arena families. And finally, you had the Keeper of the Bees. Now, you must remember that honey provided the only source of sweetness in the Irish diet, something to be nurtured, cherished and guarded. So the O'Conlachtan were the keepers of the bees for the O'Flaherty's. 
And that's only touching the surface of the roles and tasks that it took to run a Gaelic chieftain's affairs. The most interesting thing for me is to realise that Irish families often had certain traditional work running through the generations. Mike's family of Collins were boat builders and carpenters for generations, as well as being anchored in a particular location. How about you? Do certain professions and roles run in your family? Maybe you heard one of your family surnames above and discovered your family role in a medieval Gaelic society. the beautiful music of Turlock O'Carolan, in that case Carolyn's Draft, performed there by the band De Dannon. Now, in the first letter, Karina chatted about the running of the O'Flaherty Castle up there in County Galway for the day, and listed a number of the various families that would have been associated with the different tasks associated with running that castle over the day and over the year indeed. And in this next letter, she's going to look at a slightly different angle to Ireland at the time of the Chieftains, 
And she's going to look at something, a families indeed, called arenas. And if you're wondering what that actually means, then have a listen to this particular letter and see indeed if you can hear one of your Irish surnames mentioned. Over to you, Karina. Have you ever had something in your possession that you're minding for future generations? Perhaps it was a ring, a piece of jewellery, a book or a piece of furniture. Here in Ireland, we often tend to pass down baby christening robes through several generations. Our own grandson was actually recently christened in a robe that was also used by his father and his grandmother, that was me, and we both stood proudly beside him as he wore that gown for his recent christening. Today, we'd like to look at the story of a particular keepsake that was in the possession of one of Ireland's leading families. The Saint and the Bell. Have you ever been to the lovely County Donegal? Perhaps some of your ancestors came from that county. A few years back, we visited the beautiful sandy beach of Port New, County Donegal. We could see the nearby coastal islands and some of which could be reached at low tide. One of these islands was Inishkeel, I-N-I-S-H-K-E-E-L. Inishkeel was the home of a monastery founded by St. Connell. St. Connell, like many monks of the time in the 6th century, founded his monastery on a remote island, all the better for isolation, protection and devotion. There are many wonderful old decorated slabs and ruins and crosses still on the island today. You could almost imagine the monks going about their daily work, then being summoned for prayer with the clear ring of an iron bell. In fact, it's this very bell, a bell that was first used in the 6th century, still survives today, that we'd like to talk about. However, the bell is no longer on Inishkeel Island, Donegal. It's not even in Ireland. The bell lies in the British Museum in London. So how did this bell survive for a millennium, only to find its way to a museum in another country? The answer has a lot to do with a particular group of families in Ireland, a group known as the Arenas. E-R-E-N-A-G-H-S. The Arena Families of Ireland. By the 12th century, the land of Ireland was divided on political and ecclesiastical grounds. The land was made up of individual, excuse me, individual tuhas. Now, a tua is an Irish word. It's spelled T-U-A-T-H-A, and it means a small kingdom of sorts, and these tours were ruled over by the local chieftain. Alongside these tours were monasteries and other church lands. The spiritual head of the monastery was the abbot, but the abbey lands were governed in parallel by a lay family who historically owned them. These families were known as the arena, and they were effectively lay abbots of the land. They often supplied monks and priests from their family ranks down through the generations. However, they were mostly concerned with running the business of the abbey lands and safeguarding the precious local relics. With the dissolution of the monasteries during the Reformation period, many of the sacred monastic relics made their way into the hands of the Arena families for safekeeping. 
Up around Inishkeel Island, the local Arena family were the O'Breslins. This family kept the bell of Connell safe for hundreds of years. The bell passed from generation to generation and it was on display for the hundreds of pilgrims that made their way to Inishkeel every year on the feast day of St. Connell. However, all that changed with the great famine or great hunger in the 1840s. It disrupted many such traditions across the island of Ireland. Whole extended families died of hunger and disease or made their way to a better life in another country. So around this time too, the Bell of Connell left the hands of the Breslin family. It was first given to a local businessman, but he then sold it on to the British Museum in London, and here it has remained ever since. There were many other such arena families around Ireland, and we can only guess at the number of priceless relics that left these families when times got difficult. Perhaps many of these beautiful pieces are simply buried and forgotten on family land. But who were these Arena families of Ireland? Well, my research shows the following surnames and their locations as Arena families of note. I'm sure there are many more and we'll discover them over time. But here goes. Maybe your own surname will feature in the list of Arena families I'm about to read. My surname of Cronin and Long appears on this list and there's no escaping all the accountants in my family. So, the Arena families of Ireland. County Armagh had MacCadden, County Cavan, Casey, County Clare, McInerney, Nerney and Mary, County Cork, Cremon, Cronin, Donegan, Dunagan, Healy, Hurlihy, Harahan, Long. In County Derry, it was Crilly, Diamond, Dimon, MacAvinny, MacAvinny, Heaney, Scullion. Up in County Donegal, we had Breslin, that we were speaking about earlier, MacCready, Derry, MacLachlan, Roddy, Ruddy, Harkin and Stout. County Fermanagh had Brannan and Brennan, Carberry, Casey, Cassidy, Doonan, Doonagan, Drum, Harren, Lennon, Meehan and Tally. In County Galway it was Callaghan, County Leitrim, Roddy, County Longford, Sheridan, County Mayo, Casey and Flynn, County Monaghan, Cosgrave and Farmer, County Offaly, Killeen. And finally, in County Roscommon, the Arania families were Adrian, Bruin, Brian, Casey, Clabby, Harrochton, Quilly, Skinion, Mulcairn, and Mulcairns. Now, did you hear any of your family surnames listed there? You'd never know. Maybe there's a story or two in your own family about a special Irish keepsake.
Probably one of the best known of Turlocko Carolyn's compositions there, Carolyn's Concerto, uh, arranged and performed by the late great Paddy Maloney and the Chieftains. Absolutely wonderful stuff there. So I hope you actually enjoyed this week's show, looking at the various Irish families and family surnames that were associated with very specific tasks and jobs down through the time, I suppose, running way up there into the mid-1600s or so, Ireland at the time of the Chieftains. Maybe indeed you heard one or two of your own Irish surnames mentioned. And just before we go, I have a particular favour to ask. If you're enjoying the Letter from Ireland show, take a moment or two to leave a review. We really would appreciate it and indeed tell your friends about it because... You know what? We put a lot of energy and time and effort and we get some wonderful feedback on this show and we would like it to reach more and more people around the world with Irish interests and indeed of Irish descent. So if you're inside Apple Podcasts or if you're inside Spotify or on a forum at the moment, just take a moment or two, leave one or two or three or four or five stars and a comment too. Really, really would appreciate to understand a little bit better who's listening to the show and just in which way you particularly enjoy it. And indeed, if you want to say there what you'd like to see featured in the future, please do leave a comment or two. So that's it again for this week from Karina and myself, Mike Collins. And until we chat again next week, slán for now. If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show. And you can find full details of The Green Room at letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our green room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. 
In the green room, you get access to online genealogists' extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The green room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. And I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán gafól, Karina. Karina.